Hello. Hello. He's Oliver. She's Lucy. And you're listening to Anyway Movies. The podcast of film fanatics and movie maniacs. The podcast of discussions, debates and occasional distractions as we talk about all things cinema. If you like what you hear, be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on podcasting platforms. Big shout out to my sister Molly for creating the logo and images for our podcast. Give her a follow on Instagram at underscore Molly underscore Joanne underscore. Now that's all out of the way, dim the lights, turn the projector on. And let's start the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Marvel March episode with the Anyway Movies podcast. Part three. Part three. We're on a roll. We are on a roll. It's phase three, part one, because there are so many movies in phase three that we just can't talk about all of them in one episode or else it'll be really long. So, this is the first part of that, where we'll be talking about the first five movies of Phase 3. Oliver, would you like to list them, please? I mean, yes, because it's what I'm good at. (laughs) It's the whole reason Uh, you're here. (laughs) Yeah, just to list movies, nothing else. (laughs) Okay, we've got Captain America Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Thor Ragnarok. Those are the first five movies of Phase 3. And they're going to be the ones that we are talking about today. So Lucy, as always, is there a favourite out of the five? Okay, out of these five movies that I have watched, I preferred Doctor Strange. That one was my favourite one. Interesting. Is it? (laughs) I mean, yeah, why not? Yeah, I just thought it was really innovative. It was very different to the other movies in this series. And I love the... Okay, I loved some of the effects. I do have to admit, some of the effects looked a bit trash. But... (laughs) I still enjoyed it. It, it. it was fun. It was a really fun film. And yeah, just completely different. And it stood out to me anyway. Well, some of the effects were based off of Inception. I wondered if you picked up on that. Oh, yes. I definitely got the Inception references. And I wasn't mad about it. I mean, Inception is an incredible film. So if any film wants to rip it off then I really don't blame them Uh, (laughs) I don't think it was a rip off I think it was an homage oh yes a homage that's a nicer way of putting it (laughs) but yeah I I definitely got that I like Benedict Cumberbatch as an actor in general so when I first heard that he was going to be playing the main character in an MCU film I was very intrigued because Well, I predominantly only know him from Sherlock. Also, he did a two-man version of Frankenstein. Oh, um, yeah! Where him and the other actor whose name escapes me at the moment, they both learnt both parts and alternating shows, they switched characters between Dr. Frankenstein and the monster. Yes, I think the National Theatre released both 
versions online during the lockdown? So I was very excited. And as always, Mr. Benedict Cumberbatch did not disappoint. Yeah, I mean, even though Doctor Strange is my favourite film, I do have something that I'm going to weave until later on in the episode to talk about because there is still a thing about it that I wasn't a fan of. But overall, Doctor Strange really stood out and I really enjoyed it thoroughly and would watch it again. I feel like you are slowly more and more becoming an MCU fan. Um, Yeah, okay. So this phase as a whole didn't wow me as much as phase two. Um, I'm still very much on the phase two train. But... (laughs) Yeah, I'm liking them. I, I'm glad that I've watched these, I have to say. I'm quite glad that I've watched them. It's definitely given me a new perception of superhero films because when I first went into this, I just thought, oh God, I'm just going to be watching 22 silly hero films that I made for kids. But actually, it's really changed my perception of it. Like, I, I can understand why people like them. So... I don't have that cynical outlook on it anymore. And I really advise anyone else who has those same thoughts that I did to maybe watch a few because you might get proven wrong in that case because I definitely have. Are there any, out of the movies we've talked about so far, are there any like ones you would maybe recommend to someone who maybe isn't a fan of these kinds of movies to see if they would want to get into them? I mean, I would definitely recommend the first Captain America because I think because it's the first one in chronological order, I think it has that nice vibe of a beginner sort of story. Um, And pretty much all of the origin stories, all of the first ones of each hero... I would definitely recommend, especially Thor, because I think Thor gets a lot of crap and it's really not that bad. I really enjoyed Thor. It was my favourite of phase one. So, you know, I would definitely recommend those two for a beginner. Definitely. It's a nice little segue because the next movie I want to talk about, my personal favourite, is Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yes. Is is that your favourite then? Yeah. Out of these five of the first part of Phase 3, and potentially my favourite of Phase 3 overall, yeah, I would I would say Thor Ragnarok. I said in, I think, Part 1, that Thor was my favourite Avenger out of the big three. Yeah. Uh, and through these rewatches, I kind of came to realise that he's kind of like a midpoint between Captain America and Iron Man. He's He has sort of this, I don't want to say patriotic, but like similar to what Captain America stands for with Earth, Thor has like a similar stance for Asgard, which obviously develops and changes as... The movies go on and he's also I feel like he has those grounded moments that are very similar to Captain America but at the same time he's a very egotistical character and does sort of see himself above other people 
in a similar way that Tony does. And I feel like it's a good blend between the two. And it doesn't just stop there with the character. It also develops into other things that um, we can talk about later on because I have a lot to say about things that happened with him in Infinity War and Endgame. I feel like with this movie specifically, Ragnarok, they found a really good footing for the character. It felt like they finally knew what they wanted to do with him. I feel like the Thor movies, though, again, I agree, are good. I personally do like them. I feel like the tone of them didn't necessarily fit with the other MCU films. Mm. But Ragnarok very much did. It was a lot more comical, which I think worked very well because it was actually quite a dark story. The humour and the darker parts of it were contrasted very well, in my opinion. And also, Valkyrie, best character. (laughs) I I loved Valkyrie. The thing that really knocked me off course with Thor Ragnarok at first was the complete personality transplant of Thor. It really threw me for a bit, especially in like the first 15 minutes where it's basically just quip after quip after quip, joke after joke. And I was like, oh dear, please, God, no, don't do this to Thor. This was the one I was hanging on to. Why does every single superhero have to be a quip? Every single hero in these films doesn't have to be a comedy star in order for it to be successful. Yes. And I was a bit agitated that they threw Thor down that route. But after about half an hour, I kind of liked it. (laughs) I was quite happy that they made that change. But I still have that problem where every single superhero character is slowly becoming the same character in in terms of humour. Yeah, I I understand what you're saying. I mean, it's not a bad thing. It is a superhero movie after all. I'm glad they're finally choosing some forms of humour because that was largely my complaint with some of the Phase 1 movies that they were just not Funny enough, they took themselves too seriously. So I'm glad that they have gone with a lighter tone. But I think at the end of the day, there has to be a balance. There has to be a balance between the two. And I think the reason why um, Phase 3 Part 1 didn't quite work for me is because it was just too much. It was too much lighthearted humour. And again, all of the characters are basically becoming Tony Stark. And I'm not sure I like that. Don't say that. Don't don't say that. Do not say such a horrible thing. Well, no. Yeah, I mean that's just my opinion. Obviously, I haven't seen the rest of Phase Three yet, so that could be subject to change. At the end of it all, I'm glad they chose that route with Thor Ragnarok because I thought it fitted it quite well. And, you know, props to them, because with the 
unsuccessful opinions of Marvel fans on the Thor movies, they were clearly trying to steer it in a different direction in order to please them, and I think it worked. What's your opinion? Because I'm quite interested in this. What's your opinion on Hela? Oh, right, okay. <laughs> um, okay, I love Kate Blanchett. Let's just get that out of the way. But I didn't like her in this film. I didn't like Hella at all. I think she was completely ham-fisted in. I think that the real villain should have been Jeff Goldblum because if they were going to go down this lighter tone, I don't understand why they didn't just go with Jeff Goldblum because he was literally the figment of this lighter tone. I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to make Hella really, really dark to counteract the lighter tone. But I think in terms of tenseness, there really wasn't any because I just knew that she was going to die. Like There was no way in a lighter film like this that's funny, laughs every minute, there is no way that Thor is going to die in this film. It is very clear that she is going to be defeated and it's going to be a happy ending. So I think in terms of, you know, predictability, it just didn't work in that way. And I have read comments that people have felt the same about Hela. There's not a lot of people who... I mean, there are some fans of her, but on the most part, everyone's just like, what the hell is she doing here? I like Hella. <laughs> Fair enough. I think the reason why I like her so much is I think, for one, I think she's one of the better standalone one-off villains that we've seen. Yeah, okay, yeah. And also, piggybacking off what I said last week about wishing Loki had kind of stayed a villain for like one more movie before having that shift. I, yeah. I feel like Hella was a good replacement for that, a good insert, because she she shared some similarities with Loki in certain ways. And so I think that's why, for me, I like Hella, and for me, it worked. I think Hella would be perfect in a different film. I think that was my problem. I think that the, the the character would have worked really well for me if she was just in a different film. If she was in Thor The Dark World. Yeah. Or something like that, I think she would have worked there. Um, I just don't think this was the right storyline for her. But obviously, no complaints whatsoever about the performance. It was just... I think her placement in it was a bit odd. You know, it, it didn't, like, destroy the film. I liked Thor Ragnarok fine. I, I keep talking about my complaints and stuff. I didn't hate <laughs> it. <laughs> but, yeah, just certain things kind of took me off guard, let's say. Okay, I'm scared to ask this because I have a feeling I know what your answer is going to be, but... What was your least favourite? Your thought is absolutely correct, Oliver. <laughs> oh. Even more so this time. Oh, no. It's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I knew you were going to... I am very sorry. This was 
trash. And, you know, with the first Guardians, I didn't like it, but I admitted that it was better than the first time, and I got a little bit of enjoyment out of it. This one, I'm really sorry. There is not a thing I can say about it that's good. (coughs) And this is the first time. This is the first time this happened. Okay, okay, I take that back. There is one bit. There is one bit in this film that I can say is good. But this was trash. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. Yeah, sorry. I'm I, I'm not sugarcoating this one. It doesn't deserve it for me. Um oh god. <laughs> what what can I not say about this film? No, please. This podcast is gonna be three hours long. <laughs> What are the like standout things that you really don't like about it? But if you have something you definitely want to say, go for it. Okay, one of my favorite things in this phase was the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, with Mister Blue Sky playing and um, Baby Groot dancing whilst everyone else is fighting in the background. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. And when that played, I was like, oh, okay. This might actually be not too bad. And it, yeah, it was a great opening. It, it, it filled me with delight. <laughs> but then Taser Face happened. <laughs> the least funny joke I've ever seen. Honestly, okay, what? Uh, I, I'm literally bouncing on my chair right now. I am so riled. What really got me about this film was the overuse of the same joke like they kept repeating the same joke and it didn't get any funnier it just got a little bit annoying and that's what happened with the taser face thing the taser face thing wasn't even funny the first time and then they go on to say it about 600 times before he thank god finally died wow (laughs) oh no i can't and then and then you have ego Oh, I'm really sorry if I'm reading far too into this, but the fact that this bitch gave someone cancer, like a literal thing that has killed loads of people on this earth and is a horrifying thing to ever happen to anyone's lives, the fact that they just sort of said, oh yeah, I gave her cancer, is a sort of fling of the hand as if it's nothing kind of rubbed me the wrong way i was like okay that's a bit too far i definitely understand what you're saying and i think in the context of the film it was a good way of like definitely showing where ego stands but i do understand what you're saying i I do honestly then this film so yeah you not your favourite. <laughs> no, not my favourite at all. I like the vibe. I like the look. Everything looked nice. But I'm sorry, it, it, it was worse than the first one. No, I, 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 can't, I can't talk about it now because it will just get me really, really annoyed. <laughs> oh, are you not really, really annoyed already? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to move on? <laughs> Yes, please. Thank you. Okay. Um, So just briefly want to say one of my favourite things about the second Guardians movie is Baby Groot and then the post-credit scene when he's teenage Groot. The 
writers and the director confirmed that the majority of I Am Groot are just F-bombs throughout the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's through the whole movie or just when he's a teenager, but anyway, yeah. I just think that's really funny. I love Teenage Groot so much, and I'm so glad that he's the Groot that we got in Infinity War because Teenage Groot might be my favourite Groot ever. I just love Groot. Groot is... You can't not love Groot. He's just too precious. I really want a baby Groot. As much as I despise Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I would keep baby Groot. I would be like, come on, come out of this movie, come with me. Uh, and yeah, he was absolutely adorable. He was an adorable little thing. I do like also in the opening when when he's dancing around and then Drax looks at him and he stops dancing and he does the same thing at the end of the first Guardians movie. Oh yeah, I caught on to that. Uh, okay, so um, my least favourite movie, honestly, is Civil War. No, don't, I don't dislike the movie. I think it's a good movie. Just out of these five, it's my least favourite. To be fair, I have swagged off Guardians of the Galaxy. So. <laughs> really? I, I, I thought you were just, you know... <laughs> <laughs> just giving my natural review. Uh, I'm really glad that we've gotten very comfortable and confident with, you know, being able to properly voice our opinions. Yeah, at first, we're like, I didn't like it, but I also saw this that was quite... No, God's Galaxy 2 does not deserve that treatment from me. Uh, I love it, I love it. Um, so yeah, Civil War, out of these five movies, was my least favourite. Again, I don't think it's a bad movie. I did actually like it, just least favourite. Honestly, the one thing I really didn't like about it is this movie just kind of felt like it dragged a lot for me. It didn't feel like there was too much going on, even though there was a fair bit going on. After the first time I watched it, I liked it. Didn't was no in no rush to rewatch it. And when I did rewatch it, I ended up rewatching it over like the span of a week just because it just felt like it was dragging. I kind of also feel like the the main bad guy and Zemo, he just kind of felt a little tacked on at times. Like, I understand why he was there, and for him to be trying to access the other Winter Soldiers, for him to already, like, even though there was some tension, and, like, it, you could definitely tell where it was going between Steve and Tony, like, he was the one that was able to break the last straw. You know, like, when you watch a movie and it feels like a two-and-a-half-hour-long movie? Yeah. It, it was like that. I mm. liked that. But it just kind of felt like he was there, then he wasn't there, then he was there, then he wasn't there. And genuinely, every time I've watched this movie, I think I've watched it three times now, every time I always forget he's there until he comes back on screen. And I always forget who he is when I first start when he first shows up during the rewatch. Yeah. But apparently he's coming back in the um, Falcon and Winter Soldier TV series. 
which I quite like because he was quite an interesting and underused villain. So to see more of him being built up, especially because I feel like, like you've said, like we said, there's been like a lack of strong, stable villain characters. So to Mm. see another villain like being developed more is something I'm very excited for. The fight scenes in this movie are brilliant. The chore- like the fight choreography. Like it's something I noticed with Winter Soldier, but it was something that very much stood out to me in Civil War. The airport fight scene and the introduction of Spider-Man into the MCU. Oh yes. Even though I'm not the biggest comic book nerd, even though I'm not the biggest superhero comic book nerd generally as someone who was very much a big fan of the original Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire and someone who didn't dislike the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies I was just genuinely very very happy and excited one that like an actual teenager was playing Spider-Man but also just to see Spider-Man so Lucy do you have a favourite Stanley cameo from these first five? Yes, I do. And this is the one that made me fall and laugh while I was watching it. Like, audibly laugh. Not that, you know, that little snigger that you do. It was a full on yeah. wild drunk laugh, pretty much. Great. It was in Doctor Strange when Stephen is fighting and then they land on the bus and Stanley is there with a book and he's laughing about how absurd it is that there are wizards in the world <laughs> and oh my goodness it really got me oh, 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 it was oh, so good it was so good you could just see like Benedict's face just on the glass just looking at him like what is he reading <laughs> <laughs> and, oh my god it was so good I really love that. Whoever came up with that idea, props. Uh, The Stan Lee cameos are genuinely, like, one of the best things about these movies. I mean, we say this every episode. I think the whole reason why they made Marvel films is just so that they could make Stan Lee cameos. That's the whole reason why they did this. The funniest thing about these Stan Lee cameos is the fact that it has been confirmed that he is playing the same person in all of the cameos. In yeah. which I don't understand how that makes sense, but well, I'm not even going to think too much on it. <laughs> actually, I might have an answer for you. Oh, how? Okay, so every episode we've had the same favourite Stan Lee cameo, but this time we have a different one. My favourite is his appearance in the second Guardians movie when he sat there in his little spacesuit talking to those big white-headed figures. Oh, yes. I did a little research. These are, I believe, called the Watchers and they literally observe everything that goes on everywhere. It's not... I don't think it's been confirmed that he is specifically a Watcher but it's been implied that he is something of the sort, which is why he's in every movie, essentially being the same character, 
just in different roles. And it's him observing things going on in the MCU. That would make sense. That would make sense. Again, I don't think it's been officially confirmed that's the reason, but it was implied in that movie. And a lot of people think that is... What they were getting at. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Oh, I just love Stanaway cameos. I I love them. They're my they're the highlight of every film. Even if I like the film, I still like the Stanaway cameo more than the film. <laughs> I also want to give a shout out to his one in Civil War, Tony Stark. <gasps> yes, 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 yes. And then <laughs> War Machine just like right here. <laughs> I mean. As much as I wasn't really a massive fan of Phase 3 Part 1, they did come in clutch with the Stanway cameos. I don't think there was one cameo that I didn't like. They were all pretty much consistently good. They very much upped their game, didn't they? Yeah, they did. With their Stanley cameos. Yeah, they really thought them through. Okay, so with that being said, Shall we move on to favourite and least favourite characters? Yes, we can do. Do you have a favourite standout character? Okay, I have two. Go on. So, I'm really sorry to mention this film again, but it is my favourite one, so I'm going to mention it again. Um, So, Wong from Doctor Strange... Yeah. ...is amazing, <laughs> and... What I love about this is that the actor who plays him is called Benedict Wong. So not only does he have the same name as Benedict Cumberbatch, but he also has the same name as the character he's playing, which is wild. What are the chances of that? And honestly, I think he is really perfectly cast. He has this nice stoic energy about him, but also great comedic timing and I just love him. I just love his presence. I liked that he came in to help at the end and he was an absolute badass. I love a stoic librarian who seems very studious and not all about the whole action thing and then at the end of the film turns out he's probably one of the badass heroes of them all. Yeah. I love that for him. I love that for him. I do like him in that final fight scene where he's just sort of thrown into it he has no idea what's going on and then it just takes him a second to catch on what to do and then he uses the reversing time to actually trap the bad guys yeah and like he was so quick with that i was like yes wong yeah i love wong and then my second favorite character is Korg. <gasps> i love Korg. I mean, I love Taika Waititi. I think he's a brilliant director. Side note, if you haven't seen Jojo Rabbit, please watch it. Um, Moving on. Uh, Taika Waititi voices Korg, I believe? Yes. And, yeah, he speaks in size 10 font. (laughs) Tiny font speaker. Hi, my name is Korg. (laughs) Little rock, paper, scissors joke there for you. I love Korg and 
he deserves friends. He deserves a luminous wife. And I hope we get to see more of him in future films. I'm hoping he's in Thor, Love and Thunder. If he isn't, then it's an opportunity wasted. Yeah, what is there not to say about Korg? He's just brilliant. And I really loved him in Thor Ragnarok. I really wish that we got more scenes with him. So, what are your favourite characters? Okay, I have a couple as well. One of them, awesome. one of them is actually Korg. Ah! I adore him so much. He is my Patronus. I've decided. <laughs> you just whip out your wand, expect your Patronum, and it's just a giant rock man who's very friendly. <laughs> Away with my dapple grey stallion, Pottermore. <laughs> My Patronus is Korg, I have you know. I w- well, I-, I take Korg over mine any day. My stupid salmon. Salmon! <laughs> <laughs> Just flop in there. What good is that stupid salmon? I'm so- I had no idea that your Patronus was a salmon. Well, according to Pottermore, I do not claim it. I do not claim it. <laughs> That is the best thing I've heard all day. Um, but yeah, back to Korg. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, movies. Yay! I think that's like the second time we've been able to do that. Oh, God. What are we like? Asgard, Fall, and then all that. It's just... And he's just there, being happy. <laughs> You know that feeling where that everyone got with Groot when he first came on? Yeah. It's exactly the same. Like, he's just a precious character. He's very friendly. He's kind of... I like how he's basically been thrown into something that he has no idea about, and yet he still has this positivity about him, even though everything's falling around him. Yeah. I mean... Being captured and forced to fight in an arena, then meeting Thor and then being thrown into his wildlife, and then watching... We have to love him. We have to love him. We have to. We have to stand. My other favourite character, again, I already mentioned her, but Valkyrie is such a badass. I absolutely love her. And... She has better chemistry with Thor than Jane did. There I said yeah. there I said it. I don't think that's an unpopular opinion, but I am proclaiming that I I'm not a shipper generally, but I genuinely do ship Thor and Valkyrie. You see, that's where we disagree, because I was really worried that they were going to go down the romantic route. And I'm so glad they didn't, because I think that they were trying to put Valkyrie as Thor's sister because Hela was obviously not a good sister because she was the bad guy. So I quite like that they had Valkyrie there as another sister to support Thor. And I would have been really disappointed if they got together because I think that they have a nice sibling-like relationship and... I quite liked how that correlated. That's a very different opinion. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I just, I love how she's introduced. 
I love how like nonchalant she is about things. I also love that the actress Tessa Thompson um, has said that she would love. I think I can't remember if it's been confirmed or if it's just something she wants, but the character to be bisexual. I just love that idea. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I know that um, around the time Endgame came out, her and Brie Larson did openly say they would be more than happy if their two characters became girlfriends in the MCU, and I was all for that as well. That would be amazing. I mean, I've not seen Captain Marvel yet, but yeah, I'd like that. Power couple of the century. Absolutely. Like, if that was introduced, I will happily take that over her and Thor any day. But I think the reason why I do like them as a ship, I'm using air quotes, is because generally speaking, like I said, I'm not a shipper person. And I also really like it when there are strong friendships between male and female characters presented because that's not done enough. Which is why, mm. which is why I prefer. I'm glad that um, Black Widow and Hawkeye weren't in a relationship, and I'm also glad that even though there was some chemistry, um, Black Widow and Captain America was just remained friends as well because I love their friendship and their dynamics with each other. But I just really liked the idea of Thor and Valkyrie as a couple. <laughs> That's fair enough. Okay, least favourite characters. Well, I can't not say Ego. I can't <laughs> not say him. It was a complete waste of a Kurt Russell. I mean, I, I understand that he was a villain. We're not supposed to like villains. I said this in the last one when I said that my worst characters were the villains. I mean, I've said it all already, but the whole cancer subplot really rubbed me the wrong way. And I'm sorry, I just can't put anybody else beneath Ego after that. So I'm going to have to go with Ego. Let's move on. Who's your least favourite? Again, I'm going to have to say um, Baron Zemo from Civil War, just because, again, he was underused. He kind of felt like he was tapped on. I constantly would forget he was there. Like, nothing against the actor. And again, I'm really excited to see what happens with his character in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier TV series or Disney Plus series. Yeah. But in terms of these five movies, as the main villain, I know he wasn't the main focus of the movie, which is why he didn't have a bigger part, but as the main villain of the movie, essentially, I just wish there was more. There is one thing I would like to ask you. You started working at um, the cinema around the time that Thor Ragnarok came out. And so you were able to experience firsthand how big these movies are in terms of audience. So I just wanted to ask your experience about working at a cinema. So um, Thor Ragnarok, I was actually quite lucky with Thor Ragnarok because I started working at cinema at the end of November of 2017. Thor Ragnarok had been out for like three weeks, so the hype was kind of dying down. Saying that, though, there were still quite a few people that went to see it, like, 
multiple times, like a second or third watch. And yeah, it was just like any other film, really. It was really Black Panther that, God, I saw a lot. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, Marvel films are big at cinemas and it's always a big turnaround in terms of, you know, staffing. There's so many staffing. It's kind of like a major event every time a Marvel movie comes out because it's just a massive draw. Each Marvel film is just so important to all of the fans. And because we're quite a small cinema, we have a lot of customers. So, yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot. The one thing I have noticed about Marvel films is that when I used to go to the cinema when I was a kid, like the cinema always felt busy and packed. But since online streaming has become a thing, whenever I've gone to see movies, it's always fairly empty, usually. Mm. When it's always been a Marvel film, it's always been packed, always, every time I've gone to see one. And I guess that just speaks to the impact that those movies have had. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so um, I mentioned before that even though I love Doctor Strange and it's my favourite movie, there was one thing that I kind of wanted, that there, there, there was a point that I kind of wanted to raise. Yeah. And that was the inconsistency of character of Stephen Strange. <laughs> okay, go on. He is a completely different person in every scene. One minute, he's really serious and going on about his work. He's very, very smart, clever, all of that good stuff. And then the next, he's making jokes and frolicking about and doing really goofy stuff with his cape. And I was like, choose a personality, Stephen. <laughs> That should be on a t-shirt, that. (laughs) Choose a personality, Stephen. And, you know, at the end, he finally comes into his own. He realises all of his powers that mean something and all that sort of stuff. But all the way through the film, his inconsistency as a character just kind of annoyed me. I think they tried to make him too much like Sherlock in the first couple of scenes. He made quite clever remarks and, you know, quite dry taunts and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, this is basically just Sherlock. Okay, verdict. But then, a couple of scenes later, he's running around really weird. And then the cape takes him backwards. And then he's weirdly trying to go away from it in slow motion, like a mime. And I don't know. I I don't know if that worked for his character. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. Yeah. That's all I wanted to say about that. Because even though Doctor Strange is my favourite film, the character itself, I just found a little bit inconsistent for my taste. But, you know, that's fine. Because by the end of the film, he comes into his own. So it was just something I wanted to raise because, yeah it kind of threw me off a little bit. I was just sort of like, I love this story, but why is Stephen here? <laughs> why is Stephen? 
the main character in this story. This wraps up this episode of Anyway Movies and the third episode of Marvel Which March. Me? Next week is the last no, one. No, but also, yay. No. I'm, like, both happy and sad. Happy because, like, we can move on to some not Marvel-related episodes, but sad because this themed month has been very fun so far. Yeah, it has. I've I've loved doing it. And honestly, while we've been inside and had nothing to do, it's been something to do. And yeah, I, I, I was going to watch them all of the Marvel movies at some point anyway, so why, why not, not now? now? Yeah, so if you all love this episode and this is the first episode you're watching, go back and watch all of our other ones they're all great i think hopefully and <laughs> <laughs> um, and all, all of the marvel march ones should be up by now so you can check them out as well we do have a facebook page so go and like that for updates on future episodes we are also on all of the podcast podcasting platforms such as you can't speak we've got Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Anchor. And you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel where there are subtitles. So if you don't know what we're saying at any point, you can read it and know what we say. That's what subtitles are, Lucy. (laughs) Are you okay? Let us know out of these five movies, which one's your favourite, which one's your least favourite. Get in on the conversation and we look forward to seeing you all next week for the final episode of Marvel March. Phase three, part one was good. It was okay. I liked it. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 can jump off the cliff. <laughs> I think that might have to be our end credit scene for this episode. Just that small <laughs> section. Oh my god, I can't. It's just the worst thing I've seen. It actually had me in awe. It was so bad, in fact, that after I watched it, I was on a Discord video call with Molly for about two hours. (laughs) Sorry to every single Guardians of the Galaxy fan that I may have insulted in this episode. If you found something in it that you liked, perfect, great, good for you. You clearly have a better sense of perception than I do. But for me, <laughs> nah. 